All right, summertime is officially, well, it isn't summertime until, what, June 21st? But Memorial yeah. Day weekend seems to begin the process of thinking about summer and heat. And the pools are open, and it's, the kids are out of school, and so officially, I suppose, or semi-officially, it's here. One of the big things about the summer is summer movie season. There's a chart here that shows 2020, when COVID-19 began, and I mean hardly anybody went to the movies. Yeah. In 2021, it inched up a little bit. 2022, it inched up even more to levels around 2017. And now this year, there's a forecast of it being back to what it was before COVID. Um, or even in 89, it says here, for fans of Michael Keaton's Batman. On a tangential note, have you seen the really long trailer for, I'm not sure it's called Batman in any capacity, but it's the one we discussed with Affleck as Batman and George Clooney, not George yeah. Clooney, um, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton. Yes, as Batman, yes, me and he today. looks great he does yes, yes. they put some new hair on his bald ass head and <laughs> he looks so what is this movie this I, movie I is this movie is the flash and what it is is dc's movie studio attempting to basically reboot their cinematic universe because they were trying to do what marvel did but do it differently and it hasn't completely tanked but it's it's not had any kind of success levels that they were looking for so they're hoping that this will be a method to restart it and the reason you're going on yeah the, well the reason there is is because the idea is that this guy the flash his superpower is running real fast so fast that he can transcend the the boundaries of time and space and go to other dimensions and he went back in time to save his mom who was murdered when he was a kid and by saving her he changed everything and may is in his words have broken the universe <laughs> okay well, now there's no point in going because Wes just told you the entire. Plot. <laughs> no, I told you the setup. Well, I uh, I caught this on something. I went, geez, and there's Keaton, and he looked great, and he's 70 years old, I think. Uh, yeah. But either way, and you also have in a moment some more stuff about the calming down of the Marvel universe because they're maybe doing too much. Anyway, back to the business uh, as usual uh, concept that this summer will provide uh, some big box office hits. Um, this all began May 5th with the third Guardians of the Galaxy, which Wes has already already covered once. Mm -hmm. uh, Fast X, the 10th, 10th. <laughs> oh, my God. What more can be done or said or driven or wrecked? It came out May 19th, and uh, John Cena and The Rock now, I think that, that, that they fly or some wearing outfits. I don't know. <laughs> It, look, it seems dumb to me, but they have more of this on on the schedule. And uh, The Rock, I was told, got back into this because he has impacted his brand somehow by doing too many things that were kind of cutesy. So he wants to get back to being a badass. Uh -huh. And so he's back to being a bald-headed badass. <laughs> uh, this past weekend, the box office crown went to... Uh, and this just says something about... Um, the enduring affection people have for Disney and some of their stuff, like Little Mermaid, $95 million this past weekend. Not surprised, really. $95 million. 
Um, That's cute. So, yeah, I, I bet it's real cute. I'm, I'll be in line tonight. Uh, coming up next, the uh, next Mission Impossible, Impossible film. How many of these can they do? Uh, new editions of Transformers and Indiana Jones, and the return, as discussed, of Michael Keaton's Batman in The Flash. So there will also be coming up in late July, dual openings of Mattel's Barbie and uh, Chris Nolan's Oppenheimer, uh, as discussed before. That is a not-for-kids movie. We'll see how many adults go to that one. So uh, this is being set up as a, as a box office battle for the summertime. <laughs> we'll see. So Disney well, did 95 with a little, little uh, mermaid chicky. Yes. Uh, and Fast X... 23 million. Now that shows you the power of Little Mermaid and what Disney can do. Mm-hmm. In third was the, was the Guardians film at about 20. And so uh, there's your indication that um, people don't mind going back to the theaters. So that is, um, that is what is on tap for the summer. Now, uh, Wesley has a couple of, uh, of movie notes. Mm-hmm. Let's go first with uh, James Cameron and then John Wick 5. Yeah, I'm waiting for John Wick 4. I'm know. sure. I, I <laughs> but yeah, James Cameron announced that he is going to be working on a new Terminator movie. In fact, he's working, oh. doing some work on it now. He's writing a new installment, but he's kind of taking it slow because he wants to see what develops in the world of AI, I guess, over the next couple of months mm. before he takes a step. I think he doesn't want to commit to some kind of script and then some new AI thing comes and just eliminates that as a reasonable plot at all. But yeah, he's working on it after doing uh, his work on the uh, Avatar. He worked on the first two Terminator sequels. The second one was great and better than the first movie, I thought. And then the third one was Rise of the Machines, which I thought was okay. And then there were two others after that that did not not much at all. I I did not see them. And I also didn't see uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which was a another sequel on top of those just like four years ago that he was produced but that also didn't didn't do very much and Arnold was Arnold has, in all of these five films I know he was in the first three and in this last one called Terminator Dark Fate don't know about the other two but he said of that last one that it's a clear message that the world wants to move on with a different theme when it comes to the Terminator i.e. not him then why and why even keep on doing it then? Well, I mean that's that's what Arnold is saying. I mean there's other avenues to explore in the Terminator universe, for want of a better word, and that's maybe what James is doing here. Hmm. Well, I hmm. I don't know. I I wonder how many people, as you mentioned, the AI thing, which is all pervasive. It's in so many news stories every yeah. day, and I wonder how many people are kind of waiting to see where this goes because it goes someplace new every week. Or, I mean, every day. And I saw another story today about how the uh, government, uh, as discussed here, is way behind in trying to impose any kind of um, regulations on this. It, it's, it, it's already out of hand. And so how many people that are writing scripts for film or television 
are going to wait to see where this goes before they complete a script <laughs> and look dumb for being behind. Well, uh, everyone who's yeah. involved in the writer's strike at this point, I suppose. But other than yeah. that, yeah, I, I, it, it's a smart idea to just wait to see if something big breaks soon. But you're right. There comes a point when you just got to do the writing or you're, you'll have nothing. Yeah. And there has been not a word mentioned about that strike in about a week, which means that they're s still way far apart. And so all the late night shows are, have been off for a good number of weeks and all the soaps and all the, there's not going to be there, uh, very many new things popping up on Netflix, HBO Max, um, and all those things either, because unless they're already in the can, as mm -hmm. they say, they won't be coming out. Uh, uh, John Wick 4, with my boy uh, Keanu Reeves, who has about <laughs> four lines of dialogue in each film because he can't act. Yeah. But he can shoot like a <laughs> son of a bitch and kill people in massive numbers. So John Wick 4 ought to be out if it isn't already. And they're already planning John Wick 5. Does he kill everybody in the world in that one just to wrap it all up? Well, they're being rather coy on the details there. But yet, uh, Chapter 4 was in theaters a few months ago. And five at this uh, 4, rather, it says only recently hit streaming for those who want to see it in their home. So Five? Yeah. Oh, no, four. Okay. Four. Four has hit the oh, streaming yeah, yeah. now. After right, being, so it's in there. So, yeah, okay. you just got to go and hunt that thing down. It's probably on, it was on Peacock. The first three were. So check there okay. first. Exactly. So they've made a bunch of money on this. And when Hollywood makes a bunch of money on a, on a franchise, their go-to is, let's make more. Yeah. So they have always, like I said, been coy about whether or not Chapter 4 was going to be the end. But uh, it looks like they are going to, it says, pull the trigger and make another one. Uh, future installments are in development, according to uh, production chair Joe Drake. And yet yeah, it's a Peacock series. So it's probably going to happen. Whether Reeves is going to be part of it or not isn't said here. It's probably too early for them to have made those kind of decisions quite yet. But I don't think uh, if Keanu says, no, I'm done, thanks, I'm out, I don't think they're going to hesitate to go on and make some more without him. Well, if it's called John Wick 5, it'll be hard to reproduce uh, unless they use AI, um, him being in the movie, because he's John Wick. Uh, so well, that would be a bit of a challenge. It hadn't stopped point. anyone with James Bond. Well, there's that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I, he's an interesting guy. I don't think he's a great actor. I never have. But those John Wick movies, I saw somebody who I like and respect, and I can't recall who it was. Uh, and she mentioned that she loved those John Wick movies. Oh, I, it was Patty Smith of all uh, people. Yeah. I, thought, oh. <laughs> I thought, what? This this you know artiste. This, you know, bohemian, hippie, punk rocker a chick who is, I think, uh, quite impressive and just a brilliant. Uh, she's just, she's just a, a poet and an artist. And she loves John Wick. So I thought, okay, if Patty likes it, I'm going to watch him. And they were very fun to watch. They're good. Kills, he kills everybody. It's really great. So... Uh, <laughs> which is a kind so, of weird thing to say. So you only trust her, not us, when we tell you something's good. Thanks. No, I don't trust you at all. <laughs> or my wife. So I, uh, that's about it. Great. Um, all right. Marvel. We're back to Marvel. Are they slowing down? Have they overcooked the, the Marvel brand? 
All right, answer to the last question first. No, I don't think so. They are slowing down, but it's because of the writer's strike that they're oh. slowing down. They have uh, revealed, they revealed last week actually, that a couple of their projects are just at a standstill because the strike's in its fourth, now fifth week. So uh, this operation called Thunderbolts is was set to start production in a couple of weeks, but they can't at this point. Uh, another project called Wonder Man, uh, the production stoppage has also happened because they don't have the scripts all done. So that's three projects at this point because they announced that Daredevil Born Again had also come to a stop because of the writer's strike. So two of those, well, you know, Wonder Man, they didn't have a definitive release date on. The other two they did, and they will probably be moved back, which might involve a reshuffling of their everything that they release because they have kind of a, a tight schedule uh, on these things. The things that are already in production and are still moving forward uh, despite the writer's strike include Captain America New World Order, Your Boy Deadpool for the third movie, and yes. Agatha Coven of Chaos. They're still working on those because they already had the scripts. So they'll do everything they can and hope that they, by the time they finish principal photography and start making writing adjustments and shooting make good scenes, then the strike will be over, they're hoping at this point. All right. All right, so, that, so all that being discussed about movies uh, brings us to a piece that Sid has about Movie Pass. I don't know what it is, but it's back, so explain. I didn't remember what it was either, and they, it launched in 2011, a subscription that let you watch a movie a day in theaters if you wanted to. I, I can't see that are that many, there aren't that many movies a day that, that you could watch because they're not released that fast, but this is going to give you options. So it's back at least to 4,000 plus theaters uh, nationwide now, and um, it launched, I guess, Thursday to the public in the United States. They had originally shut down in 2019, but the new iteration has been tested last year in markets. So basically, it's there are different levels of it. Um, the It works by, like I said, letting you have like credits instead of movie tickets. Yeah. So the number of credits it costs to see a movie varies based on demand. So obviously, a, you know, as a movie ticket price, a weekday matinee is going to be fewer credits, cost fewer credits than a weekend night movie. Wow. And, and the credits, okay. yeah, and oh. the credits will roll over from month to month, so you can keep unused credits for up to two months. You can't like get one for a friend because it's it's like one movie pass per movie for yourself. But there are different tiers, uh, each with a different number of credits. So if you want the basic plan, it's ten bucks. It's 34 credits, which is like one to three movies a month. I can see that. I can see I can't that. Say that. That sounds like a that nice sounds, little uh, bargain there, yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. 20, cool. Bucks, 20 bucks, standard plan, 72 credits, or three to seven movies a month. Eh, that's kind of a lot of movies. Yeah. Premium plan, 30 bucks a month, gives you 113 credits. So it doesn't say how many movies that is. And then there's a pro plan. I don't know how in the world... Uh, but it's 40 a month, 640 credits, so you can watch 30 movies a, a month. Good I don't know who does. Yeah. I don't know who does that unless you watch something over and over. But yeah. that's that is you know. So that's that's the gist of it. Where do you buy that, this movie pass? That's a good question. <laughs> it's not. Well, you can probably yeah. go, you can probably Google it, but okay. Uh, yeah, but you can so, Google everything. So uh, yeah, by all means, that's just, how I found the story. Just pop it in there. Uh, on a different note, 
uh, fans of comedy will find this interesting. Yeah, I need to look into this guy. Bert Kreischer is the man's name. He's been doing all kinds of comedy for a number of years. And he did something innovative back in 2020 with a bunch of comics. It was called Hot Summer Nights Tour. And he played drive-ins and baseball parks and things like that. Well, he has revived this concept and is bringing it to AutoZone Park on July 8th, Burt Kreischer's Fully Loaded Comedy Festival. Now, we're going to put up some clips on the Facebook page. This is the guy that comes out on stage and he pulls off his shirt immediately. Um, he has what we'll say a dad bod. And okay. so he does, he's, he's crazy. And he does, he's done uh, a few films. He has several podcasts. And he's doing this summer tour in eight cities. One of them is Memphis. With uh, him, uh, it's billed as a celebration of comedy, cold beer, and sunsets. And these shows usually sell out. So he um, broke a record at the Bristol Dragway up in Bristol with one of these shows. So it's him and a cool. bunch of his friends um, that show up, about seven comics, and they all perform. I'm guessing it is uh, a family-friendly situation because it's at a baseball park. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's uh, Saturday night, July 8th, AutoZone Park, Burt Kreischer's Fully Loaded Comedy Festival. And there is info and uh, the uh, billboard, if you will, on our Facebook page. And we'll be putting up some more information as it grows nearer. But Burt Kreischer, comedy, the fully loaded comedy festival, July 8th, AutoZone Park. They put the stage on second base. And then they probably have oh, okay. seating around the field. And um, these shows do really, really well for those that want to go out and do something besides go to the movies there's comedy so you can't laugh too much right so uh bert right. kreischer and the big deal and we'll be telling you more about that all month so thank you uh to those folks for using us to promote their situation uh what else do i have here there's all, all kind of, let's go to the world of music i saw some musical things uh van halen that popped up and michael anthony uh, on the story that Wes has. What is this story about? This is a, a, a remembrance, a member, uh, memory story. This Van Halen was uh, talking with an interviewer. Doesn't matter well where. He was talking about the Us Festival. Do you remember the Us Festival four oh, yeah. years ago, 1983? Yeah. Three yep. days in somewhere in California. I didn't know yeah. that Steve Wozniak of Apple Computers is the guy who founded this thing. Huh. Huh. And he said he wanted a, a big celebration of tech and culture, a temporary stage, open-air venue that he paid for himself just for the festival. And a couple days, and the story is Michael Anthony of Van Halen remembering Van Halen's appearance there, which was just a huge thing. They closed out the second night, which was heavy metal night. So it was them topping the bill, the Scorpions, Triumph, Judas Priest, Ozzy, uh, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot, all that one day at the Us Festival in 1983. Huh. Wow. Big and loud. 83. And, yeah. Uh, and hotter than, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. And he said that they had a most favored nations clause in their contract that their agent set up for them. Basically, they were being uh, paid one million bucks for Van Halen to play that show. 
and they were at that time in still 83 in 83 uh, crap load of money isn't it? they got but they had this contract and they're still working on 1984 and on one of the other days the us festival was getting david bowie and they were going to pay him the same thing but bowie's people said look we're gonna have to interrupt our tour we're gonna have to charter a plane to get our equipment over to the the california and then another one to get it right back again so we can carry on with the tour so we're gonna have to ask for a million and a half and so Barry Fay, who's the promoter of this whole thing, called Steve Wozniak and said, yeah, we can get Bowie. It's a million and a half, but that's an extra half million for Van Halen. Wozniak's reaction, uh, allegedly he just shrugged his shoulder and said, well, so? Oh, man. <laughs> and paid the money. So Bowie played that gig? Bowie paid, played that gig not that night, not the same day as Van Halen, because it was like three now, nights of festival. So this uh, obviously is way before, and I don't know when this became a thing, uh, but bands like U2 and the Rolling Stones, uh, for that reason, they had two different crews and two different stages that were on the road. And so there was no unloading everything and putting it back in trucks, and they had the next show already set up. So that's, that's how much money was involved uh, in the '90s and such, with these concerts, they right. had two, two, two very different. Well, two of the same thing, and they just would move them around on, I guess, 25 trucks, and put the thing up for the next show to avoid what that right there just said. It, I, I would bet you, because I'm looking back now, to the late '80s when mm-hmm. the Eagles came back on tour. And uh, I have mentioned this uh, before, but uh, our old friend Bob Kelly from Mid-South Concerts would talk to me uh, about shows that were coming up and would this work, do you think, and uh, da da da. And this was back, I guess, uh, the Pyramid was there then. It was Maybe 94. Early, 94, okay. So he called one day and said, the Eagles, they haven't been on the road in, what, 10 years, and they want a million dollars. And I said, um, grab that immediately. There's no question. And he was really unsure about that kind of money. And the deal was, you know, part of the door and part of the this and part of the merch and part of the... So he did it. And I would have thought that that was the first tour, and maybe it was, where the band made a million bucks a gig. But if it's Wozniak and it's 83... I wonder. So Van Halen was big enough to make that. So was yeah. Bowie. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I wonder who, if anybody. But I, the first band I think that did a tour where every show was a mill were the Eagles. I could be wrong, but close. Well, I think so. Yeah, Bowie was on the third night of it, and I was wrong. I said three nights. It was a four-day festival, uh, and it stretched over two weekends. But Bowie headlined the Monday Memorial Day, May thirtieth, uh, Rock Day festival. Along with, well, also on that stage that day, just in case you were, you know, possibly considering going back in 1983, included Stevie Nicks, Joe Walsh, The Pretenders, U2, Missing Persons, Kelly. Berlin, and Quarter Flash, and Los Lobos, and Little Steven on that day. I told you the bands were heavy metal day. There was a new wave day on Saturday that included NXS and Oingo Boingo and the Stray Cats and The Clash. And then Hank Williams Jr., Emmylou Harris in Alabama, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and the Riders in the Sky were all part of Jeez. Country Day on June God, 4th. God, I would have been broke. 
Does it say how much he paid for all of that? It doesn't have a rundown of each particular band. What it does say is I that he, lo- he lost uh, $12 million. Uh, which to him at the time was pocket change. Uh, <laughs> and still is. How much did the Us Festival uh, spend in 1983? How much were tickets? Let me see if I can. Uh, yeah, the 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 price for the ticket for for uh, this says for uh, three days, thirty seven fifty, which would have been a hundred oh bucks gosh. in twenty twenty one. Right. Um, it does not say how 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 much did it cost. Let's see that. Uh, Was epic concert, uh, U.S. It cost him eight million bucks to stage, and they lost thirteen. So. Well, I don't think he cares, or cared then, or even cares now. No, he's fine. But what a yeah, lineup! That's huge. Jeez. Golly, that's, I know. That's pretty impressive. Awesome. Okay, uh, our buddy lawyer Bill eight seven eight nine four two zero for his appearance tomorrow. We have some text already in uh, for that, and we'll be talking to him. And uh, thanks to our friend Alan at his shop, Alan's Automotive. He is off this week and next week, but uh, he encouraged me to ask you to. If you need to see him, he already has some appointments uh, he's got lined up. But you can email him. Uh, the email is on uh, his page on uh, Facebook. Or just call the number and leave a message, 332-3279. And when he gets back, he will call you and arrange to fix your vehicle. But he's off uh, this week and next. But go on and uh, hop on his Facebook page or on um, his website. Or call the shop and leave a message and they'll call you back. Allen's Automotive on Winfield, Whitehaven, South Haven. He'll be back and he'll take care of you in a couple of weeks. Uh, let's see. Some things that Sid had I wanted to look at. We all know what SMH means. Everything now is an is an, an it's it, it's a shortened version, an abbreviation, because lazy speak is where we're mm-hmm. all at. That's A-T. <laughs> SMH. Uh, IDK. I don't yeah. know. That's easy. Know. Yeah. Uh, but MBN is one that nobody can fit. Well, my butt's numb. <laughs> oh, my that God. It? That's way better than what it really is. We need to use it that way all the time on our Facebook page now. My butt's I'm writing numb that from down. sitting here. My right. butt's numb. Okay. <laughs> what does it stand for for real? Must be nice. Oh, like when somebody brags about no, they're going, you know, out of town somewhere or something. Oh, or they got to get off early on a Friday. Oh, MBN must so be you nice. Can't I've never... waste the time to to <laughs> say ten words yep. in no ten, ten letters in three words. Must be nice. <laughs> oh my, get a life, people. Um, other little th- things off the beaten path. Five foods that have a bad impact on your brain mm. i can almost guess it has to involve sugar and red meat yeah but uh, go ahead you can almost no guess idea. we're always you know talking about cardiovascular and gastrointestinal but yeah food foods and drinks can have bad uh happenings to your mental health this i can only have one maybe two over two i'm like jittery and i feel like i'm on drugs too many cups of coffee or espresso. Yeah. Don't do espresso that. Espresso will really get right to your heartbeat, that's for sure. And exactly. But on the other yeah. hand, you know, caffeine is said to be so good for so many things. I guess it's all in your 
your personal makeup of your body and what affects you and what doesn't. But coffee, well, yeah, oh, all right, and oh, too much. Okay, you don't want yeah. stress or sleep issues. This, of course, we always talk about this diet soda. Oh yeah, I mean regular I decide, soda. It's yeah, it, diet soda is probably worse for your body than the real thing. So just yep. buy the real thing and screw it. You know. Yep. Yeah. If you're hooked the, on this stuff. I have had friends who are Diet Coke addicts. I mean, one after the other. Oh, God. And the stuff that's in there to replace the sugar is worse than sugar. So yep. just drink the real thing. Screw it. Because there's a lot of sugar in both. But the fake sugar is bad. And then yep. this some kind of added chemical that's supposed to mess up brain neurochemistry, according to the story, is in diet sodas. So, uh-uh. Stay away from that. All I drink uh, is, a, it is a ginger ale, and I drink it, and it says no sugar on it. And so I looked at the thing, and it has aspartame. That's and not one good. Of the, that's the worst one, right? Um, yeah. And I mix that uh, with yeah, a maybe. peach juice, which is also full of sugar. But I do it once a day. <laughs> it sounds so that's, good, though. That is, it's, it's really good. That All right, good. what else? One of our probably favorites, and we know that, I mean, I should just skip this one because it's a given, alcohol. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. bad for you. Uh, the foods that are highly processed, of course, bad for you. <laughs> bad, even bad, this, bad. Even this one, like, clinical psychologist said she, when she eats, like, pancakes, like, from the box, like, pancake mix that you make, she she's like I, my, I, my body is like inflamed i'm all anxious it's uh, i feel like crap yep. even even something like that that you think would be it, you know, it'll, harmless uh, it'll mess up your guts it'll mess up your mm -hmm. brain and we went out to eat uh, over the weekend and went to a well-known steak place and i was thinking man i'm going to get into they had prime rib they had filet yeah. once i got there though and started to think about the after effects i had the salmon and it huh. was exceptionally good. I and bet. I, but but I wanted a steak, but I just opted out because it makes you feel heavy. Well, so did I just you see it. that that's when we get two different things, and then you give each other bites of yours. What did she yeah. have? Uh, she had uh, she had shrimp, so we didn't yeah. get. Uh, huh. We didn't get any meat at all. We just ate fish and shrimp. And <laughs> you went to a steak. steak place for fish and shrimp. Well, you know. No, sometimes I, that's the best place to I don't know why I made that option, but I just did. And the salmon was fantastic. It was some kind I of bet. a, of, uh, had a honey honey glaze on it. It was mm. yummy. Yum. All right, what else is going to kill us all? The last thing is, of course, candy. Sugar, Sugar. And increases yeah. inflammation in the body related to depression, just all kinds of bad stuff. Sugar, I'll tell you sugar, the only thing, candy. though, I will disagree with on that one because I've seen too many things about it. And uh, that is good dark chocolate. There's that. Well, that yes. That has That's a true. good impact. And in, in uh, France and uh, parts of Europe, the first thing they eat with a meal is a piece of dark chocolate because it does something to settle or prepare your tummy for what's about to happen. And I'm not sure how that works, but dark chocolate is the one thing that I will nibble on. Yeah. Um, and I still, I have a bag of gummy bears in my desk. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's hidden uh, down here by the tequila. So uh -huh. I, I, I just kind of keep away from those, uh, except on certain occasions. Yeah, sugar, man, it's just, it's, 
it's not a good thing for the bod, but some people just don't care. So that's strictly yeah. up to you. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? You know, with with uh, Bill, you know, with with Bill coming up, I'm going to save this this story about attorneys and AI. Um, I had some things here that were worthy of discussion. This is a thing I found over the weekend. Twelve things, and I hate this word and the reference and the cultural meaning, woke. We won't get back into the origins of the word woke or the misuse of it now. And it all, uh, it just reminds me of that dipshit down in Florida who I wish would explode into flame. I'm not talking about Mickey Mouse either. Uh, I like him. <laughs> uh, but millennials have to agree that boomers, that would be uh, a bunch of us, are 100% right about. Who would have ever thought that we would agree on anything? Here are some of them. Every time you buy something, you end up with an account from that store. Now, I guess that you can say no to the cashier when she gets into this dialogue about, do you want to open up an account? No, I do not. But I went to Lowe's one time years ago and bought something and got the magic Lowe's card, which has proven mm -hmm. to be uh, way too easy to use. And the interest rate is out of control. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's oh really <laughs> stupid. And um, so if they ask you, uh, I'm also extremely tired of going to Walgreens and at the checkout thing, them asking me, do I want to donate to the Red Nose Fund or to something? No, I don't. I came here to buy that. I've done the Red Nose thing before. I've bought Girl Scout. I don't want anything <laughs> but what I came for. So get it, leave me alone. This one, <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Because I'm not paying attention and I don't care. QR codes for menus. No, no thank you. And QR codes are everywhere. So I don't, if I don't one comes that. on my TV screen, what do you do with it? I, I don't get it. Well, I don't know on your TV. Well, I, I've never seen one on a TV screen. But in, during COVID, when you didn't want to touch nasty menus that everybody else touched, there was oh. there would be a thing on the table like one of those one of those little uh, postcard sized things uh, in this in the plastic stand at your table with yeah. a QR code on it and you hold your phone up to the QR code and it pulls up the menu on your phone so you're touching your own phone you're not touching a nasty 10 page menu that everybody else has touched and sneezed on and put boogers on that so makes I sense. don't mind it <laughs> you know well, I, I don't mind boogers but uh, <laughs> so, so so that's where that started yeah and i just I think i just I, I am reluctant to trust qr menus even if they're you know, allegedly from the, yeah from i, this, I the just think it's sketchy. although it's it, i have seen them on tv there was one of the marvel shows in fact or two of them ha would hide qr codes and on props in various spots and if you noticed them and froze the tv and went up and put your phone up to read the qr code it would take you to an issue of a uh, historical comic book of one of those characters. That's oh, pretty interesting. Oh, you could oh, read on your phone or wherever. I'm surprised that other kinds of movies haven't put that in there, just to see what what might happen and to upsell you on something. Well, and another way that they use them on the I've noticed on the Today Show, and I haven't watched it lately, but yeah. when they get to the annoying shopping part at the yeah. end. Oh, here are your summer trends. You need this yeah. bag and this shirt and this <laughs> yeah. and these shoes and. Anyway, yes. but but one time, one time on there, they had these 
ear earbuds and they were normally 80 bucks and they were on sale if you did the qr code and bought them through that thing that way through their show they were like 20 bucks so i got myself some and they're the kind that do not fall out of my ears they're awesome and so i got That's pretty cool. two for gift i got two for gifts as well so Very i thought nice. that was a great deal yeah okay the other things that the kids think that boomers are right about this one nobody will argue with people can't drive <laughs> god <laughs> yeah yep. it is it makes me it, the world today has way worse drivers and it i mean to drive from from south haven i mean even just around here you got to really pay attention people can't drive they're they're on their phone or they're just lazy and slow and dumb a person attributes this to general selfishness which has taken over the country hard yeah. to argue with that either mm -hmm. uh, people are they always run red lights which will cause a, a bad issue there going too fast someone littering i want to pull them over and beat them when i watch somebody toss a bag of stuff oh, out of their window God, I hate that. which which i see less and less i believe uh, and blowing through stop signs um she says here these same people don't have insurance yep. exactly and the police don't do a thing about it unless they i guess catch you in the act um cpo sexual is, is not a sexual orientation I don't know what it means. Sapiosexual? Dana Persky says, is it like a, a pansexual when because you, you're, you'll put your thing in anything? Homosexual. Um, I don't. Uh, it's, it's talking about women and men and attraction emotionally and such okay uh sapiosexual and, a person sexually attracted to intelligence or the human mind what's wrong with that uh, nothing <laughs> if that's all you're in it for well um uh, well that, that's that kind of gives me hope that people aren't all fucking dumbasses um <laughs> uh the body positivity movement being comfortable in your body is great. Trying to pass off being obese as normal is ridiculous. Okay. A, a commenter to this piece indicates that this is a dangerous trend given the health problems that result from it. I guess being obese or being too thin. Uh, the body positivity activists like to gloss over the serious implications of being obese and label any naysayer as fat phobic. What do you make of that? I mean, is it is it body shaming or is is it trying to help somebody that may need some help with being obese, which well, will uh, which will kill your ass early, well, diabetes, yeah. so yeah. on and so forth. Sadly, uh, yeah. like so many other you know, things like that, it it depends, and it it the the circumstances are uh, fluid. Let's say because yeah, yeah. someone mm -hmm. someone who eats right and exercises, but has an, uh, what is it, exodermic body. They're just large. And, and thyroid doing, can also cause yeah, that. And, and, yeah. But they're, they're you know, living well, they're eating right, they're exercising, and they're just big. Body positivity is great. This is how you are. This is who you are. You're a woman who grows a beard naturally. That's fine. That's, you know, body positivity <laughs> on that. Okay. Uh, Carnival watch you. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, just anything. Yeah, I flashed on the uh, that musical about P.T. Barnum just then, which is uh, 
anyway. So, but on the other hand, if you get into areas where your body is very unhealthy because of choices that you make, that's a different thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And and, um, and a small small tangent side note on carnival stuff or whatever. I was posting something on our Twitter page the other day, and I was scrolling through for a second, and there was some. It wasn't from like the History Channel, but it was from some organization like that talking about some woman who was born with and her knees bent the other way and it showed a picture of it and she would go along on all fours and she joined the carnival now this was in like the 30s or you know this was a long 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 time ago and it's just wow i mean i'm not making fun i'm just that's it just blew my mind reading about that anyway huh well um yeah, I yeah. I mean, there's just there there are some more of these things, but I'm I'm not no, but I'm that interesting. So screw it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, people can't drive. We know that, and um, the other things that were applicable to to all of us that 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 I do agree on some stuff. I found this today, and I thought that this was a real trip. And you've heard about this uh, on and off. It isn't talked about that much because none of us know people that have enough money to do something like this but it's more common than you realize you'll see a story from um, let's say uh, Dubai and Mm -hmm. where there's so much money that it just flows out of people's mouths and ears and butts and hands and there's just tons of money and some sheik or somebody will have a daughter who's getting married and they'll hire the stones to play the reception and you think what? Oh uh, the story is uh, is headed one fun thing: how to book a rock star. And this is from the New Yorker magazine. And um, let's see where this begins. This guy uh, that writes for that magazine was in the dressing room when the Miami rapper Flo Rida recently played a bar mitzvah in Chicago for a 13-year-old kid named Andrew, whose dad is a multi-millionaire. Good choice. If you have a few million bucks to spare, you too can hire Drake, not me, uh, for your bar mitzvah or the Rolling Stones for your birthday party. What's happening, it says. They're called privateers as these gigs. That's what they're called. They used to be the redoubt of has-beens. You could hire Rick Springfield to come sing Jesse's Girl for a hundred bucks and he'd leave. Now, most stars will do them for the right price. Now listen to the people. Now, I, I would never have thought this to be true because these people don't need the money. But this list is as follows. Paul McCartney, Elton John, Rod Stewart, Sting, Andrea Bocelli, John Bon Jovi, who would play the opening of a beer can, John Mayer, <laughs> Diana Ross, Maroon 5, The Black Eyed Peas, Katy Perry, and Eric Clapton. Oh, Jeez. wow. Golly. So this dude paid 150 grand for Flo Rida. That's about what he's worth. And uh, the agency that has been around forever and is known to many, many stars of film and, and just the CAA now has a separate team dedicated to booking privateers. Last year, they booked 600 dates. 
Wow. Golly. I, I can't imagine that. Uh, Spotify, Apple, and YouTube, it says here, pay artists only a fraction of what physical sales once delivered. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why uh, they, they have um, at these gigs carts of food will uh, show up. They have you know grilled fish and champagne and truffles. And uh, it's, it's a gigantic, um, a, a big party, and they pay McCartney yeah. to come do it. Uh, it's, <laughs> that blows me away. Why does he want to go, go play for 100 people? It's intimate, but still. Yeah, all the big names you said uh, uh, on there, why, why, why do they want to bother? I mean, I, but I, I can know. see, I can, now I see why Drake tickets are so dang expensive, because he knows people will pay to have him in their backyard for an hour. And they'll pay that much, so his tickets are like five hundred dollars. God, I just well, am enthralled by the idea of you, you know, Internet Drake Hall being invited to play at some kid's bar mitzvah as the entertainment, <laughs> just to hear well, what kind of speech you would give this guy. Uh, I would give him life advice, and then I, I don't know what I would. Then I would yeah. leave. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I I can't imagine. <laughs> I. That's why I'm always entertained by these big stars that get called to speak. At some giant, you know, some, some big a commencement thing like at Harvard or Yale or you know someplace, oh, yeah. um, and they show up with life advice. Tom Hanks did one last week. Oh, I'll I mention see. again just because I love the story, and love Michael Keaton, uh, <laughs> the one that he did some years ago at maybe Harvard or Yale or some, some place a very, uh, just a real. Uh, a smart place and Keaton is a smart guy and he read this the entire body of his speech to the rapt audience who was looking at him he's Michael Keaton he was in Night Shift he's been in all these all these movies he's the man and at the very end of the speech he said um, after all this uh, has been said to you I, I wish you well and there are two words to always remember I'm Batman. And that's, <laughs> I love that. Yes, and a, that yeah, I love the, that. I'd love that story, and it just makes me like him even more. And uh, for right. this, uh, per this Flash uh, trailer that we talked about earlier, he's yeah. been Batman in that storyline for 34 years, presuming his first appearance was in 89. Are there only, wow. is it only he and, and uh, Affleck? They're the only Batman that have made it into the trailer. Okay. But there might be more. There might be more. I mean, uh, it, it's a little late for uh, what's his name from TV to uh, show up. I almost said Bob Kane. That's not the guy. That's the guy who happened to Yeah. Um, Adam West. Adam West. There it is. Oh, I don't know yeah, why yeah. I brain farted yeah. And nobody that. wants Clooney, and Val Kilmer couldn't do it. So uh, maybe they're down hmm. to just those. Or how about, well, I guess that. Um, uh, Bale probably couldn't do it. Krista Bale oh, yeah. probably couldn't do it. But uh, anyway, uh, also uh, last weekend, this this uh, past weekend, uh, Tina Turner died, and um, eighty three years old. She's been ill for a long time, and no one knew that. And um, we put up this video on the Facebook page that I found that nobody has even looked at, and I didn't have any uh, intention. Of putting anything up, I mean, uh, Sid put something up. Was it Friday last week? Whatever um, day she passed away, what, Monday, yeah, Thursday. Thursday, Friday. But it was a a nice little you know tribute to her, and um, 
I didn't want to go back and find something, uh, but I was looking through some YouTube videos and uh, I came across the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame introductions or, or the inductions from 89. And um, all you see is the, the um, jam at the end. And the camera is kind of panning around and there's Springsteen, Little Richard, um, Holland Oates are in it, a bunch of big names. And uh, Paul Schaefer and uh, his band from the Late Night Show, uh, the uh, CBS Orchestra, are always the main band. And it's uh, Will Lee playing drums, uh, uh, playing bass. The, the uh, drummer in this thing, oddly, was Steve Smith from Journey. I went, huh? Anyway, the uh, point is, is that Paul comes out and with no rehearsal of any kind, um, he uh, tells the band, we're going to play this this uh, fantastic old orchestral R&B uh, masterpiece. We're going to do it in uh, in a B flat, and he sings a bit of you know of the song, and then he counts it off one, two, and Tina Turner breaks into River Deep and Mountain High, and the entire band, nice. without being told, they go into this and they absolutely crush it, and. I guess Paul assumed that she knew all the words, and she did, and it's about two and a half minutes long. It is so impressive to see who all is in there, and to see her uh, perhaps at her peak. Uh, it's it's on the uh, the uh, Facebook page still. Yeah, it's so and it's good. Ju- it's she's so good, and in that moment with that band, the impromptu uh, nature, it just shows you how good all these people really are. That without any kind of notice, we're going to play this one, two, three, go, and they yeah. did, and it's it's really cool. Uh, I saw this mentioned, but Sid has the story. Uh, King Charles and them. Is it just me, or did that entire coronation come kind of come and go, without anybody really caring that much in this country? It hasn't I even, did, yeah, after it happened, I, I haven't seen it. anything about it anywhere. No, and I forgot no. to even watch any of it. And I think I, I probably it recorded it or whatever. We all asleep, I guess. Yeah. I, I just didn't care. Um, anyway, what did Chuck, that jug-eared king, uh, <laughs> what did he say about Tina? I saw this story about it. I kept going. Well, it's not, it's not something that he said. It's something that happened during the changing of the guard Friday oh, outside okay. Buckingham Palace. It is a 45-minute ceremony, and that just that's how long it takes. But Friday, things were a little different because as the switch got underway, the band of the Welsh, Welsh Guards performed her song the best. And that wow. with, the help, with the help of the 1st Battalion Welsh Guards Corps of Drums. Huh. And I know. What a now, nice I, touch. I, I need to. I need to maybe post this because there's probably it's it's all over. It's something called Force. Oh news, no one seems but, to care. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, he apparently met her about 35 years ago when she played at the Princess All Star Trust Rock Concert, uh, the Princess Trust All Star Rock Concert at Wembley Stadium, and also Prince William and Harry, or at least Prince William told the, this interviewer that his mom would play that song with taking them to school every day. And they would wow. just be singing like a family moment. She loved, Princess Diana loved that song, and so it was like a family moment. So I don't know if he 
that's all the story says though like i don't know if he said do this or if the change in the guard or who decides i don't know who decided it but i just thought that was really really neat something i you thought maybe would happen that charles and camilla would, would have done their own version of uh, proud mary out there in front of the <laughs> thing but <laughs> that let's watch something. them get down some old british white people with no soul at all what a very <laughs> sweet and nice thing Isn't to that? do yeah. Very nice. Uh, I want to also thank, because they are very nice and they're a, a classy bunch, the Ready Room Brew Pub, the tap room for Hook Point Brewing. The brewing company is in Collierville. And on West Brookhaven Circle uh, is the place where you can go in and sit down in, the, in that room and look at, they have so many different taps of these craft beers and some are bottled and some are canned. They have wine if you aren't into beer. They also have a fantastic menu uh, that they serve Wednesdays through Sundays for lunch and dinner. It's really good. And at some point over the weekend, I got a picture from you, Sid, with a lawyer, Bill, over there with our friend Mike, who owns the place. Bill and, sent it to both of us. Yeah. Oh, well, that was really cool. It. Yes. He it, went it's a, it's it. a very nice place, and it just has a... Um, it is done inside. It's, it's, it's all brand new. It's all, you know... Um, wood um, and it's inspired by the adventurous spirit of naval aviation because Mike was in the Navy he's a pilot and it's just a nice place to go after work or on the weekend uh, or for lunch to enjoy the great food and craft beers a lot of them uh, from mm -hmm. real strong ones to those that are not as not as heavy so many folks are into that so here's your place the ready room brew pub uh, it is the tap room for Hook Point Brewing. It is on West Brookhaven Circle. And I believe it's uh, it's time for the uh, New Between the Grooves broadcast for this week. I just did up some songs about summer since Memorial Day weekend was kind of the unofficial beginning of, the, of summer. There's a lot of them, and this is a mixture. Everybody in here from Kenny Chesney. Um, Love it to Blue Oyster Cult. Who else did I have in there, Wes? Um, the Who? It's a, the Who's in there. Bruce is in there. Billy Joel is in there. Uh, and enjoy these tunes. Uh, this is um, the Songs of Summer on this week's Between the Grooves. This is Drake Digital. Got it. Very 